This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Jake and Amir. If you need some help, just send them all of your fears. Like, should you confront your shitty roommate? Is your girlfriend cheating on you? Yeah, they tell you what they do if they were you. You know, when you reach the time to start your favorite podcast, they'll give you great advice, but not before you're put on blast. to subscribe to their Patreon. Yeah. Holy shit. That's right. You got to make sure you subscribe to our Patreon. I like a song that's an ad for our paid service. Yeah. Well, did you like the song in addition to the message at the end where they asked people to give us cash? That was nice. But the nicest part, the most catchy... Or should I say the most cashy? No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> was for was the request and the call out for people to open their their hearts and their wallets. Just uh, their wallets. To right, us. I don't care about their hearts actually. That's fair. That's quite fair. Uh, this might be a first. It was a cover of an original that he also wrote. Wow. I, that's that's really cool. The first that's is based really off cool. of Welcome to the Show. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Jake knows that song. And he goes, two originals that are in my new album, Better, which will be released on Spotify. Wow. It's an alt-pop punk album with elements of satire and comedy that our listeners We'll get a kick out of it. It's definitely up my alley, that's for sure. Uh, his Spotify page is Gus Rachels, which is his actual name. The album is now out. Gus Rachels. Gus Rachels sounds like a character we would name in like a screenplay that we're writing. Yeah, because we sort of already did name somebody Eli Rachel. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's why you think that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if you wanted to like let people fully in, like a peek behind the screen, peek behind the curtain. You want to you want to show them how the sausage is made. No, not really. Just the character's name of Eli Rachel. I'll divulge the plot of the show. <laughs> we break into Act Three when our hero realizes that there's something amiss on the rocket. And I'm actually having trouble with the all is lost moment. So. <laughs> Please at me 
for why Eli... I might crack the B story right now. I'd hate for it to come across as a cliche love narrative. Indulge me on the villain's arc. (laughs) Uh, Do you think as an old person you'll still love pop punk, the equivalent of like old people today listening to music from the 40s? Um, Yes, I do. And I can tell you the reason is uh, that I believe that. I just went on a run through New York City listening to Angels and Airwaves. Which is? It's Tom DeLonge's other band besides Blink-182, besides Boxcar Racer. And is it just like about alien conspiracy theories that he has set to like pop punk music? Um, it's, it's a little more like dystopian positivity, uh, melodrama. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's always a little like government conspiracy in there. <laughs> yeah. It's a long after all. <laughs> but it's a little bit, it's like kind of pop punky, but it's also a little bit more like grand and sweeping and epic. <laughs> Uh, it's it's hard to describe, but it's so it's so funny, and I, I I like sometimes I'm just like yeah I like get a kick out of this, but then I was running around to it being like no I guess I actually just genuinely love Tom DeLonge. That's me. I question everything. Question everything. Everything's gonna be wrong. Yeah, that's more like Blink. Uh, Angels and Airwaves is like uh, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> We are one love. Some weird shit like that. (laughs) So you, 90 years old, uh, listening to Blink-182, your grandkids are like, God, Grandpa's so embarrassing. His music is so old-fashioned and quiet and slow. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're listening to what like some kind of like brain implant some yeah. some sort of like techno trap music drake is still around yeah maybe. well they'll be listening to what our grandparents call the music we listen to which is just an alien screaming at the top of his lungs <laughs> that's actually kind of what angels and airways is. <laughs> all right Hello, here I am. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> here you are. Congratulations. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's good shit. That's going to be my unsolicited advice, so everybody should uh, wait up for that. Uh, is that a new band or an old band that like he did in the late 90s? Um, it's, it's, after, it's post-Blink-182. It's what he did like after after blink i don't know if it's like still if they're still making music you should have called it blink 183 right yeah i wonder he probably really wanted some separation from that you know yeah that's why you add one well that's not a lot of separation i don't think i think that's like one digit all right wink 181 that's a little bit better but it's that's just like a really bad pun you know yeah how about Keep your eyes open, 12. How about you don't need to pitch a new name to Tom DeLonge for his band, Angels and Air? They have like nine albums. It's too late. <laughs> okay? <laughs> wow. I've, I've never heard you this upset. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you're just being, you're being a fucking douche about it. And Tom's the man. He's actually the goat. <laughs> so you're not sorry. You said, I'm sorry. And then you said, I'm being a douche and Tom's the goat. Are you sorry? I apologize that I'm being an asshole and you're being an asshole. You're being a bigger <laughs> so, asshole. You're being so a you're douche. Not, I'm getting you're not angry because yes. you're being an asshole. And this is, so I apologize for being so angry. Are you sorry? But you're being an asshole. Before I accept your apology, I have to know if you're actually sorry. I'm not sorry to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that this is happening. Yes. I'm sorry that this is where we're at. <laughs> so I you think... aren't sorry for how, what you called me. No. 
You deserve that and worse. You double down. I'll double down. I'll dig my heels in. <laughs> and I apologize okay. about these unfortunate circumstances, uh-huh. which, which have me trapped in a podcast and in a relationship with you, a vile hater spewing vitriol <laughs> about one hater. of the coolest musicians of our generation, Tom motherfucking DeLong. <laughs> End rant. <laughs> Do you know what 182 stands for in Blink-182? Uh, they believe it's just a random number that they <laughs> added to the end because there was a Scottish uh, techno band called Blink, and they sent them a cease and desist. And yes, people say that it, it's like a police uh, code for streaking or for like murder or for some kind of weird thing, but it is not. It is just a random thing that they added to not get sued by Scottish techno band Blink is what I believe. I wonder if any of these police code things, the 187, the 420s are actually police codes. It seems like from what I've, the very little I've learned about police departments, um, there's not really like cohesion across the board. Like it feels like if maybe there's codes for specific ones, like in different towns and cities and counties and stuff, but are there really like federal codes for everybody? That I don't know. Everything, everything's <laughs> magic. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, this is If I Were You, the only advice podcast, just an advice podcast on the internet hosted by us. I'm Amir. I'm Jake. Um, well, here we are. Um, we here have found... we are. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> we have some questions and answers. Are, is your brother still looking for questions and answers for us? Yes, he's back from Bali and he's on the job. He is on the job. He's hunting down cues so we can give them A's. All right. Shout out to young Micah, the young wolf, the future of House Hurwitz. Um Let's see here. Oh, here's one. This is a good one. Uh, funny cunnilingus business from a man we'll call. What do you got? Travis Farker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me another name. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> Harp Moppus. <laughs> now nah, let's let's do something else. Different theme. Okay. Well, I'm really struggling because um, I don't know the guy from Sum Forty One's name. <laughs> Off the top of my head. <laughs> Mr. Avril Levine <laughs> writes, I'm a 24-year-old guy from Texas, and I got a quickie for y'all. I was going down on my girlfriend the other night, when while down there, she started cracking up. What was funny is this <laughs> that she's just ticklish, or am I just laughably bad? Also, have you ever had a partner start laughing during sex? What did you do? Um, I feel like that has happened to me. And? Maybe somebody I was with was like laughing afterwards. It really does. It'll get in your goddamn head. But it turned out, it turned out she was just laughing at what a tiny little insignificant cock I had. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was all like, you know, freaking out. I was like. Um, oh my God, is she laughing at me? And then it just turned out that, yeah, she was. And then that she was just laughing because my dick was smaller in comparison to other men that she had been with. And not only just that, but it was honestly microscopic. 
on a level uh, where she had can, uh... to laugh despite herself um, because we my can, cock was like yeah. a tiny little chode to her and to others, <laughs> um, I imagine. Um, let me, I've never done this before, but I think we should take that. <laughs> For you, I think we should take that again. Oh, okay. I have ne- I, Did we, you not get that clean? <laughs> I got it. It got it incredibly clean and clear. I'll ask you again, and you say <laughs> that you don't think anyone's ever laughed at you during sex, but I'm I, sure okay. I'm sure it's had before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because uh, yeah, it probably that answer was taking too much time, and there's only a little small amount of time that we have, a, do and I don't cold? need to drone on and on. <laughs> You're getting a about cold my slender little cock. <laughs> The more you talk about it, I, I can feel like n- uh, your nose running. I think I have seasonal allergies. <laughs> From that answer. All right. Uh, has a girl ever laughed at you during sex? Once because my penis is micro. <laughs> that way I did it one and done nice and quick. No. You can use that. You can splice together whatever answers you need. Well, the first On the one edit. was that. Yeah, the, edit, the, the edit will. Okay. Let's try. Just give me one more option. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if a lady's ever laughed at me, um, but it, it, I'm sure it's fine. All right, has a lady ever laughed at you in bed? I have a teeny little weenus. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Okay. You tell uh, me if I've ever been laughed at. Uh, <laughs> never mind. You're getting. I've been madder. guffawed upon. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> No, I re- I can't remember now if it really happened or if I like was afraid of it happening or something. Um, but I I think I would imagine that there's probably like she's either ticklish or something else funny happened. Cause it, it I don't uh, yeah I I just don't I just don't think that you are so laughably bad at going down on somebody that she would laugh. Like that's not even funny, you know. If you're really really bad, it's not. Yeah, funny. it is interesting that. Uh, you never hear about ladies being ticklish down there, but it's like a very sensitive area. But like armpits are very ticklish, right? I mean, maybe, maybe she could have a ticklish vagina. I, I've definitely laughed when people were not like going down. On, I, no, yeah, I have laughed when people were going down on me because I've really ticklish. Um, I got a ticklish little pelvis, like just below my belly button. I'm very yeah. ticklish, and if anybody puts their hands there. I don't care how intimate the moment is. I am laughing. I'm cracking up like a clown. I wonder what I wonder what the evolutionary purpose of t- being ticklish is. It seems like a mistake in humans. The fact that like there could be a right. serious moment, but if you touch my ribs, I'll giggle. Yeah, that actually that has to be an error. God didn't get it all right. <laughs> you mean what, what do you mean, God? Well, we were all intelligently designed <laughs> by our Creator. Uh. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just saying yeah, I guess he doesn't have a perfect batting average because he made us ticklish and he made my cock super small <laughs> <laughs> you think God made you specifically not just humans in general <laughs> I think I was carved from clay <laughs> and then he must have ran out <laughs> so what he did was just sort of shove Shove my pubes up into a point and called it a day. <laughs> yeah, man, you could have taken a little, a little off the top and added it to my <laughs> peen region. I'd rather be five foot six, hung like a fucking donkey, than six even, and have a battery tip down there. Is all <laughs> battery tip? The fucking uh, negative side too. 
Uh, so what, what was funny, he's asking, and is she ticklish or am I just laughably bad? I mean, you won't know until there's more data. One, you can ask her. Two, no, you can no, do no, it no. again and see what happens. Jesus Christ. Like, the, wor- the worst thing in the world is to, like, I think show somebody your hand of, like, how much something ate away at you. All you can do is just be, like, well-prepared for next time. If there is a next time, well, this is his girlfriend, right? So I imagine there will be a next time. Like, when you go down on her again and she laughs, you can ask. But you can't go up to her, like, a week later and be like, so I was wondering, not that it's a big deal, <laughs> why were you laughing when I was performing oral? Because as soon, it, it just so clearly is a big deal. How many times would a lady have to laugh while you're down there for you to finally say, out of curiosity, what's the deal here? Is it two? Is it three? Is it 12? Part of me thinks I would ignore it the first time, much like this guy did. But then I, but just like this guy would probably weigh on me. And if it happened again, I would be like quick to ask. Yeah. Because you can't, you you don't want to make like the situation weird by rehashing it, by bringing it up out of nowhere. And like she might not even remember. And then like I just feel like there's a chance that you don't even get the closure that you want because you're like, why were you laughing? She's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe something was funny. <laughs> yeah, maybe something was funny. I'm like, all right, was it well, me? Right. And then you're just like, okay, well, all right, let's watch Netflix. And then 20 <laughs> minutes in, you pause. You're like, no, but what was funny? <laughs> I'm just wondering what was so funny. <laughs> Do you think I'm funny? <laughs> like, haha, funny? Because <laughs> you were cracking up during third base. Is there a more embarrassing moment than that to crack up during sex? Oh, man. I I guess that's really... That is definitely super intimate. I think that there's maybe like another time where you're more emotionally vulnerable. Like if the first time that you say, I love you or something, or uh, confide, um, like a really weird fetish or secret in that you're worried about being judged for. That's probably a worse time. Cause at least this is like, I don't know. It's always worse when you like have doubts about your performance or about something. And then they're confirmed by somebody laughing. <laughs> Maybe this guy wasn't like doubting himself, but like the laughing made him. So it's, it's a little more, you're on a little more even playing field. You can kind of be like, what's the deal? Why are you laughing? You know? Yeah. Remember during Friends when Ross first kissed Rachel and she was laughing? Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. She, they would. Why was she laughing? Do they say? She's like, because like this is. She's like, this is so funny. Like you're Ross, and like I, I'm not used to this. And then they eventually started like uh, making out at the end of the episode, and Ross goes, "You're not laughing," and Rachel goes, "It's not funny." And then that progresses them to sleeping with each other in a museum. Ooh. That's awesome. That's really cool. So the porno version is that like Ross is going down on Rachel, which I've I've scripted. And if you'll read this manuscript, Mr. Schwimmer. God, it's 212 pages. You know that has to be cut for television, right? Well, the majority of them are blanks that are sort of glued together with my seed. So you're not going to be able to read them all. Why are you trying to hand them to me then? I can't believe we're role-playing where I'm David Schwimmer. (laughs) The episode is called Schwimmer's Ear, and you end up going down on Rachel so much that you get, like, an infection. You you have read my drafted tweets. (laughs) Schwimmer's Ear? Schwimmer's Ear is one of my... uh, You know I haven't uh, tweeted a joke in a couple years, right? 
Yeah, you're sort of waiting for the perfect opportunity. So I, yeah, so I have a few. So I, I like every time I think of a joke that like old me would tweet, I write it and save it as a draft. And Schwimmer's ear is one of <laughs> is one of my saved drafts. Is it? Do you think Ross from Friends ever gets Schwimmer's ear? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I must have had that somewhere in the back of my brain. I don't think we both came up with Schwimmer's ear. But let's uh, see if anybody's tweeted Schwimmer's ear before. Yeah, I feel like that it must have. They must have. That's one of that's one of the reasons why it wasn't enough to break the Twitter seal. Oh, you know what? Alex Watt in 2011. Our friend what? Alex Watt said, if you think it sucks having Swimmer's ear, just think of how awful it must be to have Schwimmer's nose. So that's <laughs> pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> it's definitely close. And dare I say more clever? No, no way. Well, actually, <laughs> you could say... <laughs> I, I guess it might be more clever, but I feel like it takes a longer walk. Mine appeals to the masses. Yeah, I will say it doesn't have any likes because he tweeted it like 10 years ago, maybe before he was even working at College Humor. Um, I also remember that I, I thought that I came up with the pun huge jacked man for Hugh Jackman. Um, but I, I searched it on the internet and other people had done it. So this isn't the first time. It's hard to find a thing that, you know, other people haven't tweeted before. Yeah. That's why all my That's tweets true. are maximum 280 characters, stretched to the limit, filled with words nobody's heard of before, spelled in ways that are impossible to decipher. Right. You'd... That way, whenever you search them, I'm, they have to be the only one. It's hard to search them, though, because there's no real words in there. Yeah, it's the rantings of a lunatic. That's right. Not unlike the manifesto I wrote for Ross. <laughs> Covered in spum. Uh, all right. So you say ask her only if it gets to be like this, she does it over and over. If it's a one-off, you never have to get to the bottom of it. I, yeah, I think as it stands now, let it go. But be finger on the trigger, ready to ask again next time you go down and she laughs. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more questions and answers after these messages. Cool. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of our program. Hell yeah. Thanks, BetterHelp. Jake, I don't know if you know this, but we sort of all carry around different stressors, mm -hmm. big and small. Yeah. No, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard some people do that. And if you're anything like me, you just sort of keep it bottled up inside and never mm -hmm. complain or talk about yes. it to anyone ever. Very deep, deep, deep down. Yes. You put on a facade, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a, and a masquerade. Mm -hmm. But when we do that, it starts to affect us negatively. It's not healthy. It's not good. That's why I use mm. therapy, which is a safe space to get things off your chest. And there's no better way to use therapy than with BetterHelp. Ah, very nice. So if you've been hearing a lot about therapy and you've been wanting to give it a try, but you don't want to, you know, go through the hassle of finding a therapist, driving their awkward waiting rooms, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Perfect. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, mm -hmm. you get matched with a licensed therapist, mm -hmm. and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Ooh, love it. It helps to get things off your chest. It helps to talk about it. Right. So get those things off your chest with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash segments. You go there and you get 10% off your first month. Ooh, all right. Segments, folks. Yes. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash segments. Segments. To get matched with your therapist as soon as possible. And if you use that coupon code by going to betterhelp.com slash segments, you'll get 10% off your first month. Nice. Give it a try. It'll help. Yeah. With BetterHelp. 
Thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode of our program. Hell yeah. It's pretty simple. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, and then it monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. It's perfect for all those subscriptions that you tried and then forgot about, but you're actually paying for and you don't even realize it, folks. I had, no joke, over a million dollars a month worth of subscriptions that I did not need. That's amazing. Did not That's need. amazing. That's so uh, much cash. I was buying 35 new houses a freaking month on yeah. the subscription box that I accidentally subscribed <laughs> to when I bark was high. Box. Yeah, bark yeah, box. Yeah, it came with the condos, yes. dozens of them a month. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Let me do a quick little audit. Rocket Money came in and they're like, by the way, you're spending a one and a half million dollars a month. We could probably just cancel this one. Yeah. Like, damn, and I could use that. I did. Incredible. Yes. Congrats. And you should use that. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved them a total of $500 million. That's almost entirely me. $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Yeah. Most saving of yours. the average member only $740 a year, which is not as much as the $1.5 million a month that I saved, but still a lot of money to some people. For sure. So if you're looking to save some cash, which who isn't, mm -hmm. uh, you can stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. There's something in your bank account that doesn't need to be there. Rocketmoney.com slash segments will find it and eliminate it. Whoa. Nice. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. Take control of your finances today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rocket Money. And we are back. Jake, do you have any? Oh, it's a little I sure do, and you do too. We are both coming out as liberal little cucks who want to fight the abortion ban in Alabama. Uh, so if you want to also do that, I gave to yellowhammerfund.org. Uh, that is a fund in Alabama that is helping people get abortions. That's right. Yellowhammerfund.org. Their first goal is to make sure that people who are having later abortions are able to afford their abortion care. Uh, we've seen it all around Twitter you know what's going on. Uh, Alabama has taken great lengths to make sure that women don't have the right to choose, which is bad. It's really bad. What if people told us to chop off our dicks? Well, for you, it would be really, really hard to even find the damn okay. thing. Okay. I mean, that's enough. <laughs> that's <laughs> enough. It's like cutting uh, a hair that's smaller than a scissors. How do Dude. you even get down there? Dude. Dude. What? It's <laughs> really not cool to say that I have a. A tiny penis? Yeah. That's not... I mean, you were, you were talking earlier about your micro bean, so I figured all bets were on. I was talking about it. I was talking about it. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of like how I can make fun of your micro penis, but you can't. Well, the opposite, because I can and you can't. Right, right, right. Uh, the URL, again, is yellowhammerfund.org. So do it. donate what you can. Fight the power. Damn the man. Uh, in this case, the the men, because it was about uh, 24 angry white male senators in Alabama that pushed the bill through to a female governor who signed it. The hell is that? Damn. That's all. It's all her fault. <laughs> so if you're still kind of sexist, you can blame the female governor while right. you donate to yellowhammerfund.org. <laughs> that helps, guys. Uh, should we answer some more questions? 
<laughs> I just want to. Here's my unsolicited advice. If you if you are anti uh, or if you're pro this like bill in Alabama, you should put that in your uh, Tinder hinge bio. You know, oh. like that should be part of your Bumble. You should out yourself. Yeah. I think I think you really should like you should be public facing with that shit and you should suffer the consequences. Yeah, or maybe find someone that agrees with you and the uh, the governor. Oh, that's interesting. You're saying like go on a date with the the septuagenarian governor of Alabama. <laughs> I don't know if she's available or whatever because she might I mean, be she's a, a terrible she might be a person. Widow. She could be a widow. Yeah. She might be single. We don't really know about that about her. I can see that. Right I can really see that actually. Cool. Well, yeah, that's my unsolicited advice. Uh, speaking of Southern ladies, here's a question from a Southern lady. Uh, we'll call her Belle, as let's, in a Southern Belle. Let's do it. The reason I'm writing is that I find myself in a bit of a predicament. For demographic info, I'm a 27-year-old woman, woman, medium attractive, Christian. I know you guys are Jews, so you don't get it, but I love Jesus. I'm not a crazy person. I voted for Hillary, but I've never had a boyfriend. If you have any solutions to that problem, hit me with them. But the main thing I'm wondering about is that whenever I meet a guy, like literally every time, even if the situation isn't romantic, I assess our compatibility and very quickly find myself imagining what life is together. Even if I'm not that into him, I have to play out the scenario. If I do like the guy, I act like a normal human being, albeit one who's bad at flirting. But in my mind, I keep picturing us living happily ever after. I know that this is completely illogical, but uh, does it make me a total psychopath? Is this, dare I ask, normal behavior? I need to know if this is cute daydreaming or if I've crossed over full delusional psycho territory. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. She's saying she pictures marrying people she goes on a date with, and she's wondering if that's normal? Yeah, not even date with, uh, even in situations that aren't romantic at all. She meets a guy, and then she imagines what life would be like together. Yeah, I mean, that's truly all I used to do when I was single. And did it affect your dating behaviors, or did you sort of suppress those thoughts forever and ever, amen? Um, it probably affected my dating a little bit. I feel like it doesn't really make you a great date partner if if you're, like, vacillating between um, committing to someone forever or ghosting them. So, I th- yeah, I, I, it, it probably makes you a little hard to pin down. Yeah. Is this something that you can you wish you didn't do? Like, would you say it's not helpful can you actually convince your brain not to think thoughts before you think them is that how it works i think i mean well personally i think no but i think what you can do is like recognize what your brain does so like if i saw someone on the street and i was like oh that person could be my wife i was able to like communicate with myself and be like there you go jake you're being crazy again and then like keep on walking i it's not like i ran across the street narrowly avoided being hit by a bus and like got down on my knee or even like tried to talk to any of these people i think that all you can do is recognize your quirks and weirdness and be like and just and kind of keep it in check yeah it's hard to like convince your brain not to have thoughts the only thing you could do is not act on those thoughts until those thoughts stop being thoughts to begin with yeah it's taking it's the taking actions based on your thoughts that makes you a crazy person everybody has crazy thoughts that you can't control yeah so it's not crazy you're not a delusional psycho is it cute daydreaming yes wow i'll say it's cute daydreaming yeah 
I don't know. I think I'll stop short of cute daydreaming. It's a little weird. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a little weird. It's weird to the point where you wouldn't want to tell someone that you were fantasizing about it. Yeah. But not weird to the point where I'm like, you should stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so it's fine uh, as long as you don't tip your hand. But maybe it is making you act a little weird around people. But again, I don't know how to get you to stop thinking things. Sometimes your brain is more powerful than your brain. How do you convince a thinking brain not to think? Yeah, there's you're, there's really no escape. You, I guess you could just distract it. It's kind of like saying, don't think of a purple elephant. And of course, you have to think of a purple elephant. I'm Not me. I'm not thinking of one at all. All right, so don't think of one. Don't think. Do not think. Do not think of a really small green giraffe, okay? Just don't think of one. Okay. I didn't. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Don't think of me with frosted tips. Do not do that. Wow. I actually, I was able to not do that too. This is crazy. I think I may be the smartest guy in the world. I feel like everybody that's listening to the show right now probably did think of all that stuff. Yeah, I I think you did too. I think you're the biggest liar in the world. I don't think I'm a liar. I think I'm the freaking man. I didn't didn't (laughs) think of, I didn't even remember what you said. I couldn't think of it. (laughs) How cool is that? I think you're such a big liar. You lie to yourself. Let's answer. Let's try to answer the next question. I feel like you're getting short. I think you look at yourself, and you you're you're too even afraid to to tell yourself the truth. I think you're lying to yourself. I think you stare at yourself, and you don't even recognize the person that's looking back, and you don't even want to do any deep introspection because you're afraid of what's in there. You're ign- you're willfully ignorant and stupid about yourself because you're a liar and you're a criminal to you. Let's just try to finish up the podcast before. You're a no says one. something. You're a anyone, Before you say something you regret. I don't regret. Before you say something you can't take back. I'm encouraged and I'm empowered to actually say this to you, to confront you about it. Because you're you're a zero. You're an absolute zero man. You're an invisible man. You're not even a man. You're a vessel. It's a beautiful The eyes are the window to the soul. You have no soul. You have no eyes. You're disgusting. It's a beautiful acceptance speech for your latest turdy, blood, uh, buddy. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. And yeah, congratulations right. again. Yeah. Right. yeah. We're winning the turdy right. this episode. Schwimmers. For bringing the, all your... The Schwimmer script. The, sh- the one with the cum that, that kept the pages glued. The Schwimmers. You're cracking up. The Schwimmers ear got me the golden mic this episode. <laughs> I brought it up. You alley-ooped it, but I slam dunked it. And I brought it home and I brought, and I brought it down. I said swimmers here, and you said, I think I have a tweet like that in my drafts. <laughs> and, and you're getting the, the trophy for that. I get the golden mic for swimmers ear. That was 100% my IP. How is it your IP? You never, you never posted it. And then I found a tweet that predates that. It was about swimmers nose, that tweet. That tweet. Swimmers Sh- ear <laughs> existed. Swimmers ear is mine. It existed before you. I brought it up after you. You're a draft. You're sandwiched in the middle was a was an incomplete attempt at the joke, which you think nets you the award. Your anger? <laughs> and I get it at what? You get a turdy, and it has nothing to do with Schwimmer's ear. It, your turdy has to do with you uh, brimming with hatred for your co-host and coming at me during the second half of the podcast when I really think we were having... <laughs> We were having one of our better shows. I had a great time this episode, and you're souring it with your dour mood. Did you? All right. If that didn't happen before any of that, 
Did you have in mind who you thought would be winning the golden mic and who would be getting the turdy? Yeah, I did. And? I thought you were on the line to get the turdy from the get-go, from the jump. <laughs> of course. I know that. I... <laughs> you were favored for the turdy. Yes. Yes. But over the course of the episode. And the, in the first half of the show, I knew I had secured the golden mic with Schwimmer's ear. Secured it. I had secured it. And I... Secured it. You know that you can you can win the golden mic and the turdy in the same episode, right? <laughs> I did not know that because it's never <laughs> happened. So how would I know that? Well, I'm just saying, even if I win the golden mic, I'm on the hook. I could still win the turdy. So it's it's a little nerve wracking. And um, I thought, I mean, I thought that you were probably going to come away with the turdy because you've had kind of an epic streak in that regard. And, yeah. Um, but I wasn't going to, you know, I, like no preconceived notions. I was just going to do the pod and uh, and and let, let the turdy fall where it may. And then you sort of turned the second half of the show into, a, um, I, I guess, like uh, your own personal soapbox for some kind of vendetta that you have against me. And I don't think that's <laughs> you don't think you don't think me getting the turdy award, the award for shittiness in podcasting. For, by the way, six years now. This is our yeah. sixth year anniversary right. show today. And you couldn't have given me a single golden mic to honor it. Don't get me wrong. I think it sucks that you've won the tourney every single episode. I think that must weigh heavy on your conscience. It does. I don't like that. I'm, I'm bummed. <coughs> there have been episodes where I tried to take the tourney off your hands so I can put it on my mantle uh in solidarity with you but somehow no matter how low i set the bar you can limbo underneath it <laughs> it's silly why are you laughing why are you it's laughing silly. well it's silly really no it's not i actually think it's funny i know i know you think it's funny you laughed you laughed at me right so yeah i i know that you think it's funny i think and i know you think i get a kick out of it is all <laughs> so you don't think it's sad you say it pisses you off. It's sad that I'm never one. It's not. It makes you happy. You're gloating. I'm not gloating. I think it's funny that. <laughs> I think it's funny that we've come to this. That and I think it's unfortunate at the same time. I think it's sometimes. I think you it's one just of those like, things. Yeah, it's a bit of it's gallows humor. It's gallows no, it's humor is all it is. <laughs> no, it's it's just like wow, look at the shit we're in. Uh, I can't. I can't host a podcast with a guy without him coming away with the shittiest podcast award. Uh, here's where we are. You know. Like it's just yeah. it's just a dark sensibility that I think people like about me, and that's why I win the golden mic all the time too. Um, yeah, we have we have one last question to answer if you want to get to it. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, bros, writes um, Theodore, I guess. Sure, uh, I'm stuck. I'm st <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're saying I could still win a golden mic for this episode in addition to the turn? No, no, I already won the golden mic for Schwimmer's ear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, said, you said you can win a turdy in addition to a golden mic. Well, you like won the turdy a couple minutes ago. You won the turdy. Yeah, there's only one for each episode. Yeah. Of course, I've won two golden mics a couple times. You know what rules are meant to be broken, obviously. But I don't think this episode. So, is there a world where I? Yeah, is there a world where I answer this one so funny and I get a golden mic in addition to yours and a turdy? There's a world. I mean, those rules wise, that's on the table. As far as me believing that you can thrive under pressure and deliver it and like take it home, uh, there's no there's no chance of that happening. 
it is a snowball's chance in hell, as it were. All right. But let's give it a shot. All right. But uh, <laughs> <clears throat> my parents bought me a a set of tools for work for my birthday a while back. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I thought I really liked them, writes Theodore. Okay. <laughs> but after, you've never said a hun okay mid question before, so it's a little bit throwing me off. Right, but after right. using yeah, yeah. But after using them daily for a couple of months, mm. I realized they were <laughs> I realized they were the wrong choice. Wrong choice, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying active listening. <laughs> for the first time ever, yeah. By the way, happy six years. I went to get a different set. Thanks, man. But I don't <laughs> but I don't want my parents to get annoyed at me since they cost a decent amount of money. I'm also the new guy at work. So if I get new tools again, they might make fun of me. What should I do? Should I say fuck everyone and buy new tools or keep the ones I have uh, until they need replacing so my parents don't get upset with me? Best regards, Theodore. Okay. Where does this guy work that he needs tools? Is he a construction worker? A tattoo That's artist? That's pretty cool. Yeah. A chef? Either way, it's awesome. Either way, you work with your hands, and that's cool. Uh, and I guess needing new tools is embarrassing to him for some reason? I think just maybe it sounds like there's sort of like a blue-collar work mentality where like, hey, a hammer is a hammer. And this guy's like come to work now with his first set of tools, then new tools, and now he wants to get new tools. So like in, the, in a few weeks, he just got three different sets of new tools <laughs> yeah but as a guy who bought three different uh custom miniature figurines of my dungeons and dragons character there's really no shame in a new tool uh yeah i think you could tell your parents that you gave your tools at work to somebody else who needed new tools and then you buy oh, that's cool new tools you could also yeah. actually do that so it's not even a lie if you find somebody and you say hey i'm i don't really like these they're not it's not my style. Uh, uh-huh. You want new tools, and then they'll say, yeah, and then you get new tools for yourself. So that gets you off the hook with your parents who are not offended that you switch the tools on them. Mm-hmm. And then all you have to do is deal with being known as the new tool guy. And in that regard, you can say, I got into a bar fight. Some guy stole my fucking tools. <laughs> Why'd you have your why'd you have your tools at a bar? Because <laughs> I honestly can't leave my home without a wrench. And you got into a fight and lost and someone stole yeah. the tools? I got a screwdriver with my screwdriver <laughs> and some guy hammered me with my hammer. Nice. I actually got hammered with my hammer. I had a screwdriver with my screwdriver and throw a wrench into the whole sticky situation. Can you stick the landing? I lost my tools, quite frankly. You would say, and I'm just trying to level with you. Very good. Okay? Trying to drill the point home. Nice. This is why I have the golden mic. <laughs> I I came up with a premise. I came up with a hammered. I did the screwdriver and the wrench. <laughs> you said, let me level with you, which isn't yeah. necessarily part of every toolbox. Sure is. And then you exclaimed yourself, the winner of the golden mic. Well, I won the golden mic for Schwimmer's ear. I'm just saying that you don't know how to stick the landing. And I consistently follow through. You had the entire bit to think of one. And what was the last one? Drilled? 
What was it? You got drilled at the end or something? <laughs> drilling the point home. Yeah, drilling the point home. Yeah. Which is not really a bar or a fight pun. Uh, I think... You just sort of thought of another one. I think I nailed it. Nice. Thank you. All right, I'll give you that one. Really? Yeah, again, not part of a toolkit, but... For sure. Definitely... Yeah, that was... <laughs> For sure. That was fine. For sure. Yeah. I did think of Schumer's here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, like... In a way, being like these tools don't work for me makes you seem almost like more of a professional, don't you think? Like, I'm so good with tools that like I can, I can tell the difference between like good tools and bad ones, ones that work for my work style and ones that don't. Like, if I went golfing, yeah. it wouldn't be I wouldn't know the difference between really nice clubs or shitty clubs, but like a good golfer right. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, I think that makes you even more of uh it gives you more authority to have like an, an opinion like that no shame no shame um all right thanks for listening thanks for writing in thanks for the theme songs if you have your own questions your own theme song submissions send it all to if i were you show at gmail.com the opening one was written by gus rachels this closing one was written by teddy weeks yep, yep. So thanks to gus and teddy weeks uh, tickets still available. Our show in Chicago is now less than a month away. There's about 100 tickets left. So if you go to headgum.com slash live, you can see the sick new poster we made. Yep. And then you can buy tickets to If I Were You. NADPOD, I believe, sold out. So come hang out with us in Chicago. See you guys there. And we'll be back next week. Ciao, everybody. Peace. Take a look in the past I think back on the wrath of it If I were you, 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 that was a headgum podcast.